for Radio 1 91FM podcast. Minutes to the hour of nine, and as always, I'm joined by someone from the museum to talk about the goings-ons. And this morning, I'm joined by Dr. Claire Concurran. Morena to you, Claire. Morena, Jamie. And today, we have a special guest, a yeah. very special guest, uh, consultant to the UN's um, development program, Andrea Egan. Good morning to you, Andrea. Hi, good morning. How are we today? Great, doing really well. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, now, this week the student-led climate change strike a balance exhibition opens. Opens on Saturday, Claire. Almost a whole year in the making. Exciting times. Yeah, yeah, and. What a year of all of the years! Yes, of all <laughs> of the years you could have chosen. <laughs> but it's a it's a true testament to the the passion and commitment and dedication of this group of young people who've been working with me since last November mm-hmm. throughout lockdown. Yes, um, to put this exhibition together, and we're all we're super excited now to have it open on Saturday and for visitors to come in and and see what these guys have produced. It's yeah, I mean special. There would have been certain points throughout the year where you would have thought this won't even happen now. Yeah, we were having that conversation. We the the team were just so committed. We switched to online meetings and we were having a conversation about whether we would switch the exhibition to online if we needed to mm. and how we could still continue to get the message out because yeah, they're they're just super passionate and they really strongly believe in, in communicating this message about climate change inequality and the need for action now, the urgent need for action. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Well, Dunedin is a small city in a small country down the bottom of the world, but we are super connected now uh, in ways that 15 years ago would have even seemed crazy. Uh, so this exhibition kind of forms, well, kind of part of a worldwide action, um, hashtag for nature. Uh, it's a UN-backed youth-led project. Um, what exactly is it all about, Andrea? Um, so it's yeah. Actually, this um, exhibit is so such so well timed, Claire. I think you probably wouldn't have anticipated how well timed, um, because I think that COVID and the lockdown and this global sort of push for nature is gaining so much more traction than we would have thought. So this campaign started about uh, a year ago, um, just because youth are such strong advocates, and we wanted to make sure that they were being given a voice to really um, uh, have what their um, objectives are heard, and not only heard, but action by world leaders. Mm-hmm. And so um, just yesterday, there was a leader's pledge for nature that World Wildlife Fund had started, but supported by the UN, and um, 72 and counting world leaders just signed that yesterday, um, including Jacinda, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the For Nature campaign um, with the UN that I'm helping facilitate is really very much youth-led. And we have um, uh, a dozen youth partners, and then it's also supported by different UN agencies, um, UNDP, uh, UNEP, uh, UN, uh, FAO. Um, so we have all these really wonderful partners and all this wonderful momentum that's gaining so much more traction because I think people are understanding that nature and biodiversity loss and uh, climate action, um, these are all intertwined in ways that personally affect us, personally affect our health. Um, so so it's, it's interesting times. Indeed, indeed. I mean, we us stopping, uh, you know, um, you know, digging up finite resources and burning them off and, and, and things like that is one part of of a complex um, situation that we're in. But um, nature's got to heal itself, right? So we've got to allow nature to do that, eh, Andrea? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, I think that 
the resonance of what biodiversity loss means may be because it, when we see how it personally impacts our own health and how it personally impacts, you know, that we are brought to our knees by this global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knowing that more of these, you know, zoonotic um, pathogens exist out in nature, that we need to respect really the power of nature and what happens when an ecosystem is out of balance. So absolutely, I think that we're seeing le- you know, world leaders uniting in a way that two years ago I wouldn't have foreseen was possible. Um, I never would have thought, you know, yesterday, because of the time difference between Dunedin and New York, um, I had sent out all this information about, you know, 64 world leaders had signed this pledge, and by the time I'd woken up, it was already 72, and so, you know, scrambling um, <laughs> to get things updated, um, but things are gaining so much more traction. Um, so. Absolutely. I think that um, it, we can change course yeah. and that nature is a powerful, um, a powerful entity that really can, um, can restore if we can just reverse some of the biodiversity loss that humans are causing and really take a moment to reevaluate how, how we're behaving on this planet. Oh, I mean, if we don't reverse it, um, we're going to have, like you said, more and more um, events like COVID-19 um, as as nature and the environment shrinks um, because of you know us developing the lands and whatnot, species collide, and there we'll see more and more viruses adapt and jump across to humans. Um, you know, uh, we've seen this one potentially from bats. We've seen it from pigs. We've seen it from birds. We've seen it from all types of creatures, monkeys. Um, so. Uh, the more and more we branch out and get closer to um, natural habitats of, of, of these animals, the more likely we are to um, oh, for viruses to cross species, right? Absolutely. And it's, you know, if we're not galvanized um, to action by the specter of losing a million species, you know, it's, int- it's fascinating to watch that we are galvanized by action, you know, for fear that, you know, we will be ourselves sick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have made this planet very sick. Um, and so now that we're recognizing how that will, can make us sick and, you know, literally darken our skies, as we all saw when uh, the smoke from the wildfires wafted over um, on New Year's Day. So, you know, we're, we're very, we're, we're much more attuned to how, how global we are yeah. in this world and how, you know, this climate change will leave none of us untouched and so if we are lucky enough that it hasn't quite touched us yet um it, it will and it already is touching you know there's so many parts of the world um so you know youth are so very much a part of leading this this call to action and i think their voices are so strong and so um so nuanced i mean the open letter in the manifesto that i've um you know, been able to support the youth in crafting, they have such specific action points because they're very cognizant of the world that they're inhabiting at this moment mm-hmm. and what the future looks like for them, um, you know, as they as they grow up. Yeah, um, that New Year's morning, waking up to that slightly hungover, only slightly, uh, it was kind <laughs> of... <laughs> it was kind of... Possi- the world already looked kind of bleak. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd woken up in Mad Max. It was post-apocalyptic. It was quite Absolutely. scary. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I think, you know, I I have lived in a lot of places in my life, and I, you know, as a dual U.S. New Zealand citizen, I thought, you know, coming here was, was um, sort of a, a beautiful, you know, to the South Island of New Zealand, you know, we, we are very, very lucky in so many ways. Um, 
for what, you know, um, the resources that we have and the, the nature that we have at our disposal. But watching those guys, you know, looking at those guys, realizing, like, the reality of what how humans are behaving on this planet will really leave none of us on skin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really sobering. And so, um, you know, the traction that we're getting with people working for nature and the, you know, the sea change that is possible because of all these disruptions, you know, how we recover in a post-COVID world and, you know, this green recovery that's possible and, and really realizing that all of the underlying um, faults in our foundations, all the fissures and cracks of things that, um, all the injustices are laid bare. And so the, this is a moment, a really unique moment to realize we can build back stronger and more equitably and with a really a greener path towards the future. Mm-hmm. I've, and I've got to say, if, uh, you know, that uh, that p- Mad Max <laughs> New Year's morning waking up, you know, and I think people have been feeling that across this year, but working with the team of young people that I have been for mm-hmm. this exhibition, it's really inspiring and it it actually fills me with a lot of hope because they don't see the same barriers that I would see yeah you know they they're not kind of incumbent by encumbered by this like you know set in this social norm or this this structure they're like well that is wrong and so it needs to change yeah um and so the team when when we were talking about the action section and what kind of things we would include in there when they heard about this um UNDP for nature program and the letter and manifesto that the students had that the youth had put out um they thought yeah th- you know this is good this kind of call to action to world leaders this is something that we want to get involved so it's going to be in the exhibition um alongside things like school strikes for climate Mm -hmm. and also just information on you know like one of the things you can do is vote get out there and vote if you're passionate about this then you should be taking action in terms of societal action as as well as individual action um and yeah i guess they just they they fill me with a lot of hope and optimism because in different interviews that we've had with people for the exhibition we've talked to people from um, Generation Zero here in New Zealand and we've talked to people from School Strikes for Climate mm-hmm. and they just say you know like it's our future mm-hmm. and if we you know because I was kind of thinking like this is a really big problem we were talking about climate change inequality and climate justice um, and all of the massive things that are roped into that and and I remember Jenny from Generation Zero who we were interviewing just saying you know but we just need to start yes, yes. we need to start somewhere yes. and we just need to take action that's right and it was for her it was very simple mm-hmm. well because you've got that whole you hear that whole mentality of uh, well you know we're just little old New Zealand and we're not polluting too much and why should we do something if China's Aww. not going to curb theirs or, <laughs> or the US isn't doing something or you know I'll tell you what Jamie you should come along to the exhibition <laughs> oh, I will because be. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the introduction section they've done this they've got this really cool visual representation of the gross emissions and also emissions per capita across a couple of different countries Mm -hmm. including China and New Zealand and that really 
will yeah get yeah. a message across. Well, that's right. Our per capita isn't great. Oh, and it's not it's good not, at all. It's not great. It's not great. And and, and but but still. Um, People see it as, oh, but we, you know, but in total, we don't produce as much as them. So they've got to start, but you've got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got to start at the individual level. Uh, and when the individual comes together as a group, and then la, 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 it all snowballs from there. Uh, and if you start uh, in ways where you curb your usage of things like fossil fuels and um, plastic and, and whatnot, then there won't be as much of a need for it. Uh, and maybe those companies that produce it start looking at alternatives. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's, and I I guess talking to the the team for developing this, they were very well aware of the need for both for action from both sides, so yeah. like top down and bottom up, and mm-hmm. yeah. that both things are influencing each other. And that although individual actions, you know, feel and are so tiny on the grand scale of emissions. As you say, mm. they then put pressure on companies, on governments to take broader action, exactly. um, and that's why they're important. Exactly, um, local actions for a worldwide outcome, right? Mm. Um, so, tell us a little bit um, about what we're going to see at this, Claire. Yeah, so th- it's it's roughly broken down into three different sections. Mm-hmm. So the introduction um, sets the the scene in terms of a timeline mm-hmm. of um, carbon dioxide equivalent emissions across time, mm-hmm. and it's got different you know um, worldwide events that link into that. So it's this giant timeline on the wall of the gallery, cool. and then opposite that what the exhibition really focuses on this climate change striking a balance is talking about the, the inequality of impacts mm-hmm. um, so as Andrea alluded to earlier you know we're all going to be impacted by climate change but some people are being really severely impacted right now yeah. and often they are the are people in countries that are not actually producing a lot of these greenhouse gas emissions yes. Yes. Um, and so the the next part of the introduction section has a physical display like I was talking about that compares um, gross emissions per capita emissions the human development index and then something an, another indicator of preparedness of different countries wow. for climate change impacts and that really it, that kind of visual striking really gets that inequality message across mm-hmm. um, and then in the next section what the team have done is they've gone and talked to different people from uh, in New Zealand and across the Pacific about how climate change is impacting them now in their different countries and regions so there's interviews from people from Samoa the Cook Islands um, Kitabas mm-hmm. and then from climate change activists um, youth activists here in New Zealand um, then there's some art pieces about what the world will look like in a hundred years if we change or if we don't change (laughs) Um, and then and then that is to inspire you as you move into the action section but i won't be alive in a hundred years jamie no that's right that is not the attitude (laughs) that is not the attitude that is not the point and that is yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's when we talked when we met first uh, 11 months ago with this with this group we were talking about what are the key messages that we want to say and they're just like need for action 
and the urgency. Mm -hmm. So this is happening now, and we need to act now. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we don't want anybody saying. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, that's be on. I'll be gone then, then so who, who yeah, cares? Yeah, I'm just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> I know. I just had to put it out there. Um, you know, we've got to start playing the short game. It's like, I'm sure everyone's seen that movie, The Big Short, where people short companies because they know they're going to fail. I feel that's what, um, you know, ExxonMobil and BP and that are doing to us right now. The entire globe. Um, fantastic. So this opens on Saturday. And tomorrow, um, which is Thursday, there is a UN uh, Biodiversity Summit. Is that correct, Andrea? Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's the first UN Biodiversity Summit, and it's part of uh, the UN General Assembly. So um, the, it, it, if anybody's up early, because I will be, um, <laughs> they'll actually be showing um, a compilation video that we put together of all... Um, of some of the youth voices um, just, you know, demanding action. So that'll be screened 1 p.m. New York time, which is, you know, 7 a.m. for us. But, uh, yeah, the Human Biodiversity Summit is the first of its kind, and um, I really, um, I'm, I'm excited for the promise that, that these things hold and that um, and the way that youth are, are demanding um, that we, um, as uh, as a global collective that we take action indeed indeed i feel you know so confident about the next generation and the generation after that one mm. um they hold so much promise um and um i, kn I know they're, they're going to do the right thing because uh, i know my generation ain't um right <laughs> i think that's also another message that i'd like to get across <laughs> that's right that's right we can yeah. <laughs> we can don't rely on them to do it yeah. that's right let's do it now let's do it now yeah let's do it now let's do it yesterday <laughs> uh all right so i'm really excited about that i'm going to be up anyway because i'll be at work um so I'll, I'll certainly be watching on one of my three computer screens uh and then on saturday i'm going to head across to the museum to check out this um because i mean i have to because i've been waiting the whole <laughs> yeah you've been involved right i've, I've totally been involved i'm yeah i'm i'm pretty much the marketing person for the <laughs> event um so it's it's going to be amazing and well mm. done clear uh climate change striking a balance uh, yeah. exhibition opens on saturday so well done to you and well done to those um you know youth involved and listen and, and everybody else are they going to be around on saturday do i get yes. to meet people yes absolutely yeah they'll be around um they're gonna be hanging out in their different sections of the gallery and yeah. explaining what they were what they worked on yeah. um, and the exhibition is open from Saturday until the 1st of November um, it actually goes on a little break then mm -hmm. but uh, because it's looking so amazing we're bringing it back yes. on the 16th of November until the 5th of December so there is time to, to come and see it um, yeah, there is and I would just I would highly recommend it alright well thank you Claire so much as always good to see you and Andrea thank you so much for joining us this morning it's been a pleasure having you on the show Thank you for the opportunity. And now that I know you're out there, I will be borrowing you from time to time. I hope that's fine. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. bye. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.